morning, church family. If you're at home, good morning. Hope you're warm. It is cold out there. We are continuing on in John chapter 6, so if you'll please turn there. We're going to be starting at verse 35. <clears throat> and today we're talking about the bread of life. Uh, we ended on 35 last week where Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And he has been setting up this object lesson all through chapter 6. Um, he feeds the 5,000 or the 20,000, the bread and the fish, knowing that that's the plan, that he's going to use that theme all the way through uh, this chapter to explain the, the benefits of bread and that <clears throat> here's some bread, I know you're hungry, on a physical level, they all get to eat to their fill, there's some leftovers for the, the disciples, and then uh, the walking on water happens, they leave, uh, the crowd is still seeking him, they're, they're pursuing him, they want more, they want, most of them want more signs, some more free food, uh, and he's then starting a transition and saying, look, this, there's bread that comes from God, uh, that you won't need to eat anything else ever again, uh, that, that that will be a life-fulfilling nutrition and nourishment that you will receive. And then we get to 35, where he is saying, as Jesus, I am the bread of life. So read with me John 6, uh, verses 35 to 39, or 59. We'll go all the way to 59. <clears throat> Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. <clears throat> all that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, this is not, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? And Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? <clears throat> so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true blood, or food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. 
so whoever feeds on me, he will also have, he will also live because of me. This is a bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. <clears throat> so here's Jesus, I am the bread of life. And we will see throughout the rest of the book of John, six other I am statements, seven total that we don't see in any other Gospels. But this is Jesus giving an I am statement. And this it, chapter 6 is, I am the bread of life. And then he says later, I am the light of the world. I am the gate for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. And Jesus is continuing to to claim who he is as God, as a son of God, but also what he has come to do for us uh, through salvation with these different uh, pictures and uh, pieces of who he is. And Jesus is saying, who I am is greater than what I've done. We've talked about all these signs that he has done. uh, And some people, a lot of people get caught up in the signs. And he's like, it's not about what I'm doing and the signs and the miracles, it's who I am. Uh, you can only come through God or to God through me. And so the goal of this lesson, this object lesson that Jesus has set up in chapter 6, the goal, actually of the whole book, we find in, ja- in John 20, verse 31, that you may believe uh, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So the ultimate goal is that we come to a saving knowledge, believing in Christ as the Son of God, and through his name we have eternal life. So this lesson Jesus has set up, this bread of life, uh, this, this object lesson, is, and as we see these next set of verses he's giving in the synagogue at Capernaum, is he's going to now share from him, this is his sermon, who he is as the bread of life, Uh, and all that that means. So we're going to take a look at who he is, why he came, and what he's going to provide. Uh, And so here he is, the Son of God, who is sent from heaven. Verse 32, so backing up a couple of verses, he says, My Father gives you true bread from heaven, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. In verse 38, For I have come down from heaven. Now, As he's saying this, some of the religious leaders are kind of getting the idea of who he is and who he's claiming to be, and they're not very happy. Uh, Who is this man that can claim uh, claim to be God, claim to be the Son of God, claim to be that he's from heaven? Uh, Verse 41 shares that the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, this is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? whose father and mother we know, how does he now say, I have come down from heaven? So they've seen Jesus grow up. They know he's a man. Like we, I've seen that he's, he's just a regular man. How is he now claiming deity? How is he now claiming uh, this connection, not only a connection to God, but that he is God, that he came down from heaven? And this is, again, this, this beginning to, uh, this rumbling, this, this murmuring, the, the frustration and the anxiety that the Jewish leaders 
our feeling that we've got to keep an eye on Jesus. Uh, he's going to end up causing some problems and leads to his crucifixion. Uh, and so this is where another piece of where this starts. And Jesus in four, verse 46 says, Not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. So not only am I from heaven, like, I've seen the Father, we hang out. Um, and so more of this claim of who he is as God. And verse 50 says, This is a bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Now, we've talked about how the people weren't getting it. Started with the object lesson, they got the free food, but now Jesus is trying to give them more, and they're not getting it. And one way to help teach, if you've ever taught anyone anything, is by repetition. Uh, look at how many times through this passage that he had to share that he, he came down from heaven. And we're going to see other themes that, that throughout this sermon of Jesus repeating himself. Because eventually, hopefully, prayerfully, they're going to get it. Um, but it's pretty clear that Jesus wanted to make sure that they knew who he was and that he is God, the Son of God. And then he explains why he came. He came to do the will of the Father. Look at verses 38 through 40. It says, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son, believes in him, should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So not only is he the Son of God, he's working with the Father, he's doing the Father's will. Uh, coming to, uh, to, the plan was for him to take what the Father wants to happen, and he's going to complete it. And not only is Jesus doing the will of the Father, but he goes on to show this close relationship that he has with the Father. Uh, it's the Father who gave him the believers, the ones who will come. And verse 37 says, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And then it's the Father who sent him to give eternal life. He's given them the power to and authority to give eternal life. Verse 39 says, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. And then it's the Father who draws those who will come, the believers, to Jesus. Verse 44 says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And we see more of this relationship all throughout Scripture, but especially in John 10, verses 29 and 30. And let me read that to you. It says, my father who has given them to me, given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. So we see this secure faith that we have in Jesus and the father. Uh, verse 37, he says, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. In verse 39, he says, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me but raise it up on the last day. The security, this, this, this protection, uh, this, this picture of we in, that we are in as believers in the hands of Jesus and then the hands of the Father are wrapped around. We are secure. And this relationship with the Father and the Son is, is vital for that. 
and until the last day, but raise it up on the last day. Until the last day when Jesus returns, we have this security. We have all of this given to us by God. Verse 40 says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Let me be clear with this, and we need to understand this. The entirety of our salvation is because of God. There is nothing that we bring to it. There is nothing we can do to earn it. There is nothing that we bring at all. In fact, we're quite the opposite. Uh, the things that we have, our sinful life, our sinful heart, is anti anything that, that we can even attain with salvation. <clears throat> and we do not add a single thing to our salvation except one thing, and that is to believe. Uh, from the prompting of God in our hearts for the need of a Savior because of our sin, uh, to our trusting and believing in Jesus as our Lord and Savior, to our faith growth process, to the return of Jesus on the last day, or until he calls us up, is all about God. Uh, there is nothing that we bring to that. It's all for the glory of the Father, through the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so our salvation in totality, in its entirety, is all dependent on God. So now, what does this Jesus, the bread of life, bring? What does he provide? He came to give life, uh, the bread of life. And that word life is zoe. And zoe means life. And it's not life as we know it with a, you know, a physical beating heart. We're alive. We woke up this morning. That's bios. But the word zoe means eternal life, never-ending life, a life given to us by God. Um, on the physical realm, zoe could be an absolute completion of life. But we don't get any of that without God. Uh, and so here is life that he provides. And we got a whole bunch of verses again with this. So, so buckle down and ride this with me. Back up to 33. says, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and what? Gives life to the world. Verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Verse 40. Everyone who looks on the sun and believes in him should have eternal life. Uh, 47, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Verse 50, this is a bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Uh, Verse 53, so Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in, in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And then verse 58, this is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Kind of a little bit of a theme going on throughout this whole passage. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the bumper sticker that says, no Jesus, no life. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have life. I mean, it's right there. We have nothing, no life, no eternal life without Jesus. The other part of that bumper sticker has no Jesus, no life, but it's K-N-O-W, right? If we know Jesus, then we know life. 
Uh, we have life abundantly as we live this earth and life eternal as we go into heaven, leaving this earth to be in the presence of God and his glory. So here's Jesus, the bread of life. He shares with us who he is, why he came, and what his purpose was. And he's been trying to set this up with the crowd. Uh, trying to explain this, he, he started with the, the bread, giving them real bread, and leading them to this point, uh, to this time, where he is pretty much laying all of it out, the, the, the picture of salvation, for them to come to him as a bread of life. And so what is our response? What was their response? And we see this throughout this, these verses. And the first response to this lesson is to come. Um, to come, uh, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And we talked last week about seeking. Okay, we're seeking, we're going all over, we're trying to pursue Jesus. So what do we do when we actually find him? Okay, do we just kind of, oh, that's cool, you know, I, I got to see him. Um, or do we actually take what he is offering? Do we actually listen to what he's saying? Uh, do we come to him and receive what he is giving to us? Uh, and that's what this, this picture of coming to him is. And five times throughout this passage is the word come. And unfortunately, not everyone does. And we know that. And the majority of this crowd is not going to end up coming to Jesus. And we can't come unless the Father draws us. But we don't know who the Father draws, do we? So our message to the world is to come. It's the invitation to come, to come to Jesus. And then we see in verse 40, we need to come and we need to look. Verse 40 says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. And that word look is to look intently, to scrutinize, to study, to gaze on, not just a passing glance or a brief look. It's more than just seeking. You know, we're, we talked last week, week about seeking, you know, oh, there's Jesus over there, let's get over there. No, this is to come to Jesus and then to look, to study who is Christ. And he has laid this out. And it is to look, to open our eyes and see who he is. But the most important piece of all of this is to believe. Is one thing to come, is one thing to look, but then we need to believe. Verse 35, whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Verse 40, for this is a will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Verse 47, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. We know John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, what, believes in him will not die but have everlasting life. So how do we believe? How do we receive this eternal life? How do we receive Christ as the bread of life? And he lays this out on verses 50 on. Basically, the believing is eating. Well, that's kind of weird, you know, but Jesus is, Jesus is laying all this out and getting to the depth of what this means to believe. Uh, and we know that, that 
we see this crowd and a lot of them aren't going to get it. Next week, we're going to look at the end of the chapter where even some of his devoted followers aren't getting it and don't understand. Um, because it's this full commitment of your entire life to Jesus. So believing is eating. Verse 50 says, this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. In verse 51, if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. Verse 57, as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. Now what happens when we eat? Okay, uh, Unless you're a messy eater and have food down in your shirt or something, all that you eat, we take in, right? We, we consume completely. And it is for the nourishment of our body. Uh, it is for life. We will die if we don't eat. Uh, and so it is to take the food in. And here Jesus is saying it's more than just believing. You can stay, say statements of belief, but it is taking me in. Uh, verse 56 says, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood, abides in me, and I in him. Now, this isn't talking about cannibalism. Jesus isn't being literal. It's not transubstantiation, uh, where, like, the Catholic Church believes that as you take the bread, it turns into Jesus' flesh. As you drink the juice or wine, it turns into his blood. Uh, that's not what Jesus is talking about. It is truly this picture of taking Jesus in. Um, I have another little object lesson that I want to share, and I brought something with me. It's been a while since I brought this one out. It's a cinnamon roll, okay? It's a cinnamon roll, and if you remember the last time, this, not this cinnamon roll came out, because that would be really gross. I guess you could freeze it. Carrie freezes bread. Who else freezes bread and then, oh, it doesn't taste the same. But here is let me give you an example of what Jesus is talking about, to taste and to see. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, what really stinks is I've been good, really good for like six weeks. So I'm not even, well, I might take a bite. We'll see. <laughs> if it works with the object lesson, right? Calories don't count. But here's the cinnamon roll, all right? I, I know where to search for it because I'm a trained cinnamon roll expert. Okay, I can go get the ingredients from the store. I know where to go for good cinnamon rolls. I don't like Cinnabon because I don't like the cream cheese frosting. It's got to be sugar-based. Okay, this came from Safeway. Okay, and the Safeway used to do the big platters of cinnamon rolls, and that baby would be gone in like 25 hours. And by the way, like no one else in my family eats cinnamon rolls, so it was on me. But I know where to go. I know where to seek and, and to find those things. And when I'm in the store, I kid you not, I hear these little voices, Randy, come to me. Come to me. Right? And so I know where to go, and I get them, and, and I, I pick them up to take them to the register. So I have now know that I have this locked in. I, I'm in pursuit of these cinnamon rolls. I came to them, and then... Wouldn't it be ridiculous if I got them home? Now, these especially need to be nuked probably, probably about 30, 35 seconds to get nice and warm and doughy. You know what I mean? Have a little bit of the, the frosting melted. Not melted off, because that's a nightmare. Because then you scoop it back up and put it back on top. Of, anyway, 
Um, wouldn't it be crazy if I went through all of that work or even went and got the ingredients and baked them at home? And then I'm like, oh, it looks so nice. You know, the, see how dark the cinnamon is? That's key, by the way. There's just enough cinnamon sugar. Uh, the, the frosting's good. Like, it smells delicious. Anyone hungry yet? Hangry? Didn't I talk about that last week? But wouldn't it be crazy for me to come to look? And I believe that they're good. I guarantee you I believe that because everything about this says that it's going to be good. I believe it's good. And then I put it away and I don't take a bite. That is what Jesus is talking about. Um, it is one thing to come. It is one thing to pursue him. It is one thing to even say you believe that, that he is God, the son of God. But until we take a big old bite, and I would, but then it would be all in my teeth. and, and That would be weird. Um, I'll save that for later. But here's this picture of Jesus saying, look, it is so much more than you just saying that you know who I am. It is believing, and not just the, the statement of belief, but stepping into a full faith, trust, relationship with Jesus as the Son of God. Uh, take a look at verse, um, verse 56. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood, what's that next word? Abides in me. That word abide literally means to stay to remain, to abide in the Lord means that we continue to believe and trust that Jesus is everything that we need. Our whole life is dependent on Christ and Christ alone. There's nothing that comes from it outside of Jesus. When we abide in Jesus, we remain steadfast as we walk in him and depend on him. Galatians 2.20 speaks of this. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. That is our faith. That is our salvation. That is the life that we get from Jesus. It's not just say, here's life. No, it's here's me. Partake, take. I am your life. I am the nourishment for all that you need. Um, and to come to Christ and believe on him means to receive him within, just as you receive food or drink. You get nutrition, nourishment from food and drink, can't live without it. How much more can we not live without Christ in us? And to partake and to take him in and say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You have every aspect of my life that is yours. I give you all of it. Uh, that is this picture of Jesus sharing to, to partake of who he is. We can only do this because the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Verse 51 says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Uh, this gift of salvation only comes through his flesh and through his shed blood on the cross. That is the only way that we have our salvation, the only way that we have access to the Father is through Christ's shed blood for our sins. Because we bring nothing, but we get to receive all of the grace and mercy and love from Jesus. And then he rose again to conquer sin and death. We have eternal life through Christ in his sacrifice on the cross and him rising again in power over sin and death. And so here's Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. And with that sacrifice, with 
this gift of Jesus as the bread of life, then we have this picture of what it means. And it's crazy to me that people don't fully accept that people show up, they're interested in Jesus, they might even be attending worship service. All of this looks great, it makes me feel good. It's so much more. It's so much more without Christ and Christ alone in our lives. And doesn't this add even a, a, a more beautiful picture of the Lord's Supper? Uh, he's not using this passage for communion for Lord's Supper, but knowing as the symbol of the, of the crackers and the juice uh, that we have a Christ who sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins. And so my prayer is that we, are, we take a look at this, we remember, we hear the words of Jesus, and there's so much more abiding that we can do in our life and in our faith. Uh, maybe you've come to Jesus, maybe you say you believe in him, but you haven't truly received him as Lord and Savior. Please come and talk to me. Come and talk to someone about what it means to be saved and to have Christ in you as Lord and Savior. And I pray that as we continue through this book, we continue to see reasons of believing and continuing to grow in our faith, uh, to continuing to have that belief deepened because of who Jesus is as we continue to see the glorious work of God in our life because of Christ, uh, because of the work of the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of the Father. Please pray with me. Father, I thank you for this morning that you continue to show us who you are and, and sometimes we get caught up in, I know all this stuff, God, but I pray that you continue to, to show us, to help us to just fall more in love with you, to adore you more, for our faith to be strengthened, for our belief to be deepened, as, as we understand even a little bit more of who you are and all that you have done for us. Father, I pray for anyone who is listening online or is, is here this morning who hasn't fully committed to Christ who hasn't fully given their life, fully taken Christ in to be their Lord and Savior. And I pray that you continue to work and in, their, in their mind and in their heart that they come to a saving knowledge of you. Father, I thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.